0: You are listening to audio from Haddington Elam Church. We hope you are encouraged by this today. For more information about our weekly services, or messy church, you can find us at haddingtonelamchurch.com. So good to be with you this morning. So good to be down here. I love that song we sung about, you know, God being so great and and massive. and, And I love the crisp, cold nights when I can walk my dog Um, Well, it's my son's dog, but I get the privilege of walking him. Any parents feel that trauma? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Walking Cooper, our little dash hound round the block. And even though we stay in Edinburgh City, um, there's still a bit where on a clear night we can see see the stars really clearly and the canopy of the stars and make out some of the constellations and maybe wonder what some of the others is. And I'm sure some of my neighbours kind of, you know, look at him, but 10 o'clock at night, freezing cold everybody would want to be inside and, and I'm standing like that and you know that way where the more you stand like that the more your neck starts to hurt but also you can feel yourself beginning to kind of like go back like that and it's not it's not the power of the holy spirit it's just kind of like gravity taking effect you know and and, and looking at the stars at the vastness of the universe beginning as your eyes adjust to see even more just beginning to to appear and as we're singing that song um it kind of marries in with where I want to go in and, and, and a little bit in the preaching I'm going to make it tie in the thought came to me is that you're not God is not too busy for you God is not too busy for you think of the vastness of the universe the God of the universe sovereign God, God God Almighty but yet he knows everything about us and loves us He knows everything that's going on in our hearts and lives and loves us. And even in the other songs that that we sang, we talk about God so loving the world. He loves us, but he loves those who don't yet know how good he is and that he loves them too. But God is not too busy for you. God is not too great running the whole universe that he doesn't know about what's on your heart. You are significant to God. I really wanted to drop that in right at the the start, just to, to remind you to say, you know, be encouraged this morning. God knows. You ever had one of those, a funny thing happened in the way to church? Kind of days where all of a sudden something happens that wrecks your schedule. Shred it, that's kind of where we're going this morning. We're going to delve into Acts chapter three. I very nearly had a shred it moment this morning. Driving through Haddington, Um, Just past John Gray Centre, there's a a car and there's two motorbikes in front of me. And all of a sudden, this car stops, quite abruptly, no indication or anything like that. And one of the the bikers nearly goes into him. Nobody moves. Bit of a standoff. Nobody moves. And then, all of a sudden, the car starts to reverse back back and nearly goes into the front wheel. As he reverses round. you know, nearly the front, his front wing, passenger side wing, nearly goes into the, the bike. And the, the guy's round him and he's kind of... There was some language that, that, that I, I didn't understand. I, I didn't understand what he was saying. There were some, some words that were being spoken. I think it was... Uh, n- uh, not really. Um, but then the next thing is that it stops. And then the guy tries to re- reverse back again. And nearly goes into the second biker. And I'm like, oh. At this point, the second biker goes round him. But, but then the first biker's off his bike. And he's pointing towards this guy in the car. And I'm like, oh, am I going to have to get out and be a UN peacekeeper here? You know, we leap out of the car all full of faith and joy and be like, remember, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Uh, You know, those kind of moments, watch this pretty face. Um, I didn't have to, fortunately, but I thought, my day was nearly shredded. You ever had any days when your day's been shredded? You know, I remember when the only time you associated shredded with anything was lettuce, lettuce. And then when people began to be concerned about disposing of their their own uh, mail, you began to get a a shredder. And it's almost therapeutic, isn't it, to have a shredder and to begin to just kind of like, and watch your fingernails um, go in, you know, and then it kind of chokes on a a staple or something like that. You know, and now you can shred a guitar, apparently. Bob, do you shred guitar much? A little bit. bit, There we go. Um, You know, you can shred it on a skateboard, not me, but my my son would. Um, But sometimes when your day... You get your schedule, you get your diet. I don't know if you're, like a, you know, a free spirit. You just see what the day brings you, or whether you're like tightly packed schedule. Everything's. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm slightly more towards that kind of side of things because otherwise it can just spin out of, of control. But when your day's packed, where there's no margin, where there's no bandwidth for you just to be able to be like, you know, something to happen, and then all of a sudden something happens, and it's like your whole schedule schedule yeah there, there's a new word there's a new word we're developing today a schedule you know when, when what you thought was going to happen doesn't happen and something else takes priority two guys Peter and John um, decide that they're going to go to the temple and that they are going to pray it's been an interesting time for them Jesus their friend their rabbi their master their, the savior has died place the tomb, risen from the dead. Way! Hey. come on now. Come on now. <laughs> you need to give him a ten instead of a fiver next time I come. <laughs> like, yeah, fiver for coming, five for participation. That's a, yeah, yeah that's, that's all good. Um, Jesus risen from the dead. He commissions them. He tells them to wait in Jerusalem for the gift the Father has promised. He ascends into heaven. They go into a prayer gathering in an upper room. There's 120. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit Falls on them, descends from heaven, they're filled, immersed, saturated, soaked, baptized with the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak in other tongues and other languages. They pour out of that room into the, 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 the heaving city. It's like Edinburgh at fringe time. It's what like trebled in the population because of the festival that's going on, the festival of Pentecost that's going on. And these people who have gathered from all parts of the, the rim of the Mediterranean um, to, for this sacred time of worship and of, and, and of praise and of giving thanks to God, making that pilgrimage to Jerusalem, they hear people praising God in their own tongue and their own language. Peter gets up. This disciple that's denied Jesus all of a sudden gets up and he begins to... to, to, to To point up to heaven, but to point to them and to point to Jesus and say, you need to get right with God. You crucified Jesus, but he's the savior. He's the Messiah. He's the promised one. He's risen from the dead and he's alive. And the Bible says 3,000 get added to the church that day. That's a lot of people, isn't it? That's more than would fill this room, isn't it? But 3,000 get added to the church that day. And then we find Acts chapter 3 let's read together Acts chapter 3 says this one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts when he saw Peter and John about to enter he asked them for excuse me for money Peter looked straight at him as did John then Peter said look at us So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from him. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And some of you have got a Sunday school song going in your head right now. That's your earworm for the rest of the day, folks. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Well the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished. They came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we've made this man walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We're witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did our leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped out and times of refreshing might come from the Lord. That he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise you up a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything that he tells you. I want to encourage you to be in that place of being willing to have a schedule. I'm going to use that word now. I'm going to copyright it. It's going to be used and thrown in. I'm going to add it into my notes for any other time that this gets mentioned or preached. To have a schedule instead of a schedule. Peter and John who had loads of things in their agenda. Loads of things that they wanted to do. Yet in the moment were in a place where because they were so full of the Holy Spirit. That they were able and willing to act, to interact and to make a difference in this man's life. I think there's some lessons that we can learn here. I think there's, we maybe don't see folks begging by temple gates, but there are certainly people who are going through life with, dare I say it, crippled with lots of things. From debt to addictions to anxiety to, well, you, you fill in your own blank there. There's probably somebody that you know that you know isn't living free, isn't living well, isn't living to the max. The, the potential that their life could have. And maybe just maybe, well, I know it's not maybe just maybe Jesus is the answer but what do we do about that? See, what do we do when we're busy? What do we do when we're tired? You know, we, we traveled down to Nottingham Friday night. We were Nottingham all day Saturday. We traveled back last night, um, and we got to Calder Road Roundabout probably about five past 11 last night, um, and there was a car that had kind of hazards on halfway around the roundabout, and my wife is far more godly than I am. Some of you know Heather and would be like, yeah, that, that's way right. Yeah, some of you just know me and you're like, yeah, probably. That wouldn't be hard. Um, but not because of our own power of godliness, it says here in Scripture. Um, but this car's got its hazards on halfway around the roundabout. And Heather's like, should we stop? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pre- physician, heal thyself. No, no, but that's a young boy in that car. It's like, no, it's 10 past 11. Come on, let's go. And she's like, no. So she pulled in in front. But just as she pulled in in front, he managed to get his car going. Praise God. Yeah, and Because who would have been out pushing the car around Calder Road roundabout? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it have been Heather? <laughs> that would have been the grunter. <laughs> that would have been out there. Um, just to say that, to say, you know, we don't always get it right. We have busy schedules. There are things, our our busyness of our schedule, our priorities that we have, maybe the condition of our heart, maybe the timing, where there would be loads of things that could be there that would stop us doing what God wants us to do in that particular moment. Yet in it and through it, will we be in a place where our ears are open, where our hearts are open, where our eyes are open? Will we step into the moment? Will we act, will we interact with those that are in need? Let me give you a couple of things that I just saw in this, this passage that I thought might be helpful for us. Number one, spirit-filled, sh- those with a shredo. Um They're intentional about prayer in the house of God, which is good, isn't it? Think about it for a little minute. They have been persecuted. or Jesus has been put to death. There's a, a contract out and a lot of these guys. The Sanhedrin, the chief priest, the, um, the captain of the guard. They're, they're, they're out looking for opportunities to, um, to, to shut down this group of followers of this guy who claimed to be the Messiah they've had a great prayer meeting well they've had the promise of the prayer meeting haven't they they've been in the upper room they could be oh we don't need the temple anymore we don't need to be in the house of God we don't need to be in the place of prayer yet somehow these guys were plugged into the place of the presence of God Yes, presence of God was in them, presence of God was with them, but yet they saw the importance of that rhythm of going to the house of God in prayer. Whether that's because now, well, there's no upper room that's going to take 3,000 people and leadership says we need to be showing and setting a bit of an example. It doesn't matter who's out to get us, we're going to keep on doing what we know to be right to do. So they find themselves in the intentional about prayer in the house of God. They had that healthy rhythm that was so important, and Pastor Mike has already mentioned that this morning of saying, you know, 26 hours a day of prayer wouldn't be an you know we need to be a people of prayer presence in our whole of the holy spirit in our life doesn't exempt us from being in that place of prayer for it doesn't exempt us from being part of a body together and being um, together it can be a selfish spirituality that settles for the what I can get what I can have without realizing not just what we can get but who we enter into communion with in those times of corporate prayer of the difference that it makes and the difference that we can make to each other as we gather together as the body of Christ one of the challenges for the church post-COVID has been this whole kind of thing of getting folks to begin to gather together and be committed to the cause of Christ together. And it's like, you know, finding, as it's and speak to people, lots of people say, I'll do this, I'll do that, but I'll not do whatever. Lots of people be in that place of saying, oh, this, this can happen, that can happen, but not everything. Lots of people saying, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe be there, but I'll not be there. And the ease and convenience of going online and all those kind of things of dipping into this preacher, that preacher. Next thing, there is something powerful and beautiful about the church coming together. The body of Christ. No amputees in the body of Christ. Peter had seen Jesus' passion for the house of God. Remember, he, he challenged, the leader said, you've turned it into a den of thieves instead of a place of prayer. That didn't stop the moment that Jesus ascended into heaven. His compassion for people who were far from God, Peter had seen that. He'd seen Jesus touch the blind people, the lame people, the leper, the tax collector, the adulterer, etc. Now, Peter and John found themselves with a chance to model what Jesus had taught them. I wonder what circumstances we find ourselves in. Even as you replay maybe the last week in situations that was there, maybe as you project forward into the week that's coming to say, Who might I meet? who might need to know the touch of Jesus in their life. These guys had to live in a faith-filled, fear-free zone. And I think sometimes that's where it, it, the rubber hits the road for, for you and for I, because sometimes we're more fear-filled than faith-filled. And we're more of, of, of a place where it's, I can't say that, I can't do that, oh, I'm better not, you know, I'm too tired, I'm too grumpy, I've been a long journey, I'm not going to go and help that guy that's um, in the car. He's a Bad pastor. But as you're intentional about being with God, God wants you to be intentional to be with people. To be with people who don't know Jesus. To see them with fresh eyes, I think. Because Peter and John would have been at the temple before. This man, this would have been his, his slot, his place. His regular set up point. Because people saw him recognize who it was who would get healed. Chances are Peter and John had seen this guy before. But all of a sudden, their attention was brought to him. All of a sudden, there was a difference. All of a sudden, there was this moment where it was actually, that's not just a guy that I walk past who's trying to get something from me. Here's somebody who needs to know God's love. Here's somebody who needs to know an intervention from heaven. See, we need to have eyes to see, an answer to give, and an action to impart. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. He probably went into the regular routine. Any money, please? Peter and John looked straight at him. Peter looked straight at him as the John. And Peter says, look at us. Probably because of the guy's shame, he, he, he wouldn't be looking, he wouldn't be making eye contact. It would just be a hand that would be kind of stretched out to, that, would be, that, that would be there. He didn't want to make eye contact. And so it's not a demand from Peter and John saying, hey, look at us, look what we've got. It was a genuine compassion moment. I give you worth. Look at me. I want you to stare into my eyes. Not that you would see Peter and John's eyes, but you'd see the eyes of Jesus through them. They see the eyes of love, they see the eyes of compassion, they see somebody who, who wants to connect at a deeper level rather than just there's some change on with the day. The man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from He's He's still operating down here. Peter and John are, are operating up here. He said those famous lines, if you've ever been in Sunday school, silver or gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk, take him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's ankles, feet and ankles became strong. In that moment, their diary got wrecked because there was a need. But somebody else's need is your opportunity to extend the kingdom of God. There's a soft heart, there's compassion that I see here, but also a bold heart of faith. I wonder what are the needs of Haddington and East Lothian? I wonder who are in need in Haddington and East Lothian? I wonder who's in need in your street, in your workplace, in your social gatherings, in your family. I wonder could we have fresh eyes to see Could we have an answer to give, an action to impart that is a heavenly action? See, you and the Spirit of God in your life are the solution to their situation. It isn't about what you don't have. It's all about who you do have in your life. And this week, you may see situations that are massive. Situations, you think, that's too big for me. It's not about the size of the situation. It's about the fact that you are there carrying the kingdom of God. I was driving down and, and I just felt God kind of nudging me and saying, Gordon, what, what, what are you preaching for this morning? I'm preaching your word for your people. I like, no, stupid. Well, what are you preaching for? Are you preaching for salvation? Are you preaching for healing? I actually felt I'm preaching for, for us to have fresh compassion and for faith. Fresh compassion and faith. As we step out into this week as the church, um, being the hands and feet of Jesus to fresh compassion and faith. The Bible says, let's not get weary in doing good. I know many of you have been involved in church for a long time. Many of you have been faithful in ministry and in serving God for a a long time. Let's not get weary in doing good. I pray for fresh eyes to see. It's all about remembering who you do have living inside you. Who you do have ready to get out. There's a mission momentum to both go and tell and to come and see in these moments. To press in. But at the same time, pause in the presence of God. You know, they be going to press in for for miracles, but the presence of God was was there in that moment. Lord, what are you saying about this situation? What are you saying about the circumstance? Where does faith come in the familiar situations? Maybe with people that you would bump into, people you'd have conversations with. Where's the need for faith? Where's the opportunity to serve? As we take that risk of stepping out in faith, at the same time, a number of things begin to happen. One of the things that happens is that we create space for wonder and questions. See, this didn't just impact the man who was sitting there begging. It didn't just impact Peter and John, but there's a there's a crowd around about who are who are listening, who are watching on, who are giving up, wait, oh, wait, 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 whoa, 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 why now he's up and he's lunging, jumping about and When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement. Wouldn't it be great through one action if lots of people that were in the orbit of your life were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him? A man held on to Peter and John. All the people were astonished and came running to them in a place called Solomon's Colonnade. Word spreads quickly when Jesus begins to heal people word spreads quickly when, when people who were, who, who were crippled, who were bound, who were in a place where, where they couldn't move, where they couldn't function, where they couldn't be, where they were living beneath who, 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 who society says that they might be, could be, should be, all of a sudden there's a stir, there's amazement, there's wonder. Who might God impact through you this week? Who might God impact through me this week in unexpected ways? But am I prepared to let my diary be ripped up? Am I prepared to have my schedule torn to pieces? Am I prepared to have all these good things I could be doing for God, but God's saying, no, that's the moment, that's the situation, that's the one, that's the person. Am I willing to create space and wonder and questions in those that are watching on, those that are looking on, those that are here in those moments? Some of this can be keys that that unlock lots of hearts through one moment of stepping out. Elam's history is littered with similar kind of miracles as Elam um, from 1915, probably up to the Second World War, were really aggressive in church planting and seeing churches planted all over um, the the United Kingdom. And and very often, the tale and the testimony of of Elam would be there'd be a small handful, a band that would go in with Elam's founder, a Welshman called George Jeffreys, and would go into a town or a city, they'd start off really small, but then there would be a significant, impactful healing Of somebody who was really well known in the community. And that would be like the light getting switched on. It would be like the lock getting turned. It would be the the stick that would begin to stir the pot of interest and amazement and of wonder. God doesn't change. People's needs don't change. I wonder is there somebody that's in your community that God might bring across your path. Or that might be sat there and you're, you're, you're coming across their path actually. And God would give you a little nudge. You know those moments? Have you, had a, have you had a Holy Spirit nudge before? Yeah? We love them but we hate them, don't we? For being honest or is it just me? I'm amongst friends this morning. You know, we, we, we love them because you're like, oh, is a God moment. Oh, who's he going to use? Oh. <laughs> well, that means stepping out. That means stepping up. That means doing something where I could look a little bit daft. I could look a little bit silly. I could look, you know, I could be in the firing line here. Peter and John were willing to step out. They'd seen Jesus do the business before. They'd been in the place where even Jesus had commissioned them, sent them out one or two times, but he was always there in the background. He was a safety net. Now he's ascended to heaven. They've had these Holy Spirit encounters. They've had prayer. But but all of a sudden, it's just them. They're going to pray. And it's like, okay, boys, do you believe what you believe? Put it into action. These moments of praying for this man or, or actually didn't really pray they proclaimed didn't they and, and told him get up um it's a it's a faith declaration over the guy's life they aren't just spectacles they aren't just a, a wow moment they are signs that point to the saviour which is the whole reason why um, we would call them signs and wonders they, they're a sign that point to saviour and cause people to wonder all about the, the how good god is But in this moment, there is an ability to rewire other people's grid of their life. You know, the way they would look, the way they would see things, the way they do life, all of a sudden they can't do it anymore from the place of miracles. And they see things begin to happen. It causes them to to reassess where they're at and to begin to consider the, the, the normality of the abundant life, the eternal life of Jesus. And all of a sudden, this crowd, they couldn't remain the same. They had the decision to make in that moment. When we gather crowds, we then need to be, have the boldness, the further boldness to communicate good news. Verses 12 to 15, when Peter communicates the good news, but he also doesn't hold back on them. says, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Now, you need to be really sure that the Holy Spirit's flowing in your life and ministry if you're going to start pointing point the fingers in those kind of ways, you know, from, from those. Um, but what I'm saying is, when there's opportunity, we need to be able to take it. The bonus of God to take it. I can remember being a youth mission in Kirkcaldy. it was a long time ago when I was young. You know, it was a youth mission in Kirkcaldy and, and we were giving out leaflets to an after school ca- an evening cafe, drop in, and all of a sudden this fight broke out. And I had this great idea, there were some bollards that were that were there, probably big enough to take me. I was about half the size, still the same height, but half the size I was then. You know, I thought, I could stand out and do one of those. Everybody stop. Why are you fighting? There's a better fight, you know, and, and, and kind of Jesus won the fight and, you know, who wants to come to this cafe? I wish I could tell you that's what I did, but I didn't. I bottled it. I chickened out. I was like, there's a moment. Nah, I won't. But I tell you from that, there's been other times where, where I've had this Holy Spirit nudge and I've been like, I'm going to take the opportunity. I'm going to be in that place. I'm going to step up. Now, it hasn't been in front of a, a random crowd like that, but, you know, look for those opportunities. Sometimes create those opportunities. There was a book that was um, came out a couple of years ago now called Scattered Servants. It was by Alan Scott. It's the story of Causeway Coast Vineyard in Northern Ireland. Um, and, and they raised a whole load of evangelists who would, who would do whatever it took to cause people to... Um, to hear the good news of Jesus. And they would have people doing stuff that, you know, two people running around a car that would go, well, what's going on here? They'd gather a crowd, then they'd stop and preach the gospel. The people who, you know, they'd go and they'd, they'd, they'd wash windscreens of cars and leave a little card saying, God loves you, find out more, contact here. You know, whatever it took to create a stir, to get people to ask questions. So gather crowds, communicate good news, understand the power and faith in the name of Jesus. It's not us. Praise God, it's not us. Because even on my best day, I'm pretty average. Praise God, it's all about Jesus. There's power and there's faith in the name of Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The power of the blood of Jesus has not diminished at all that sacrifice paid in the cross for us, that we would be forgiven of our sin, have be welcomed into the family of God, that we would be able to be using the name of Jesus and and saying we, we pray with all the authority as though Jesus was praying in and through us. Have those declare and demonstrate moments to realize what it is afresh and that wonder and amazement moment for our own lives that he is the name above all other names. That nobody comes close to him. Nobody comes close to Jesus. And we get to call him savior, master, king, friend, brother. He allows us to use his name. When I was a housing officer, I had an authority to enter card which meant that for the the houses that I was responsible for within working hours, I could, you know, go and knock on the door and say, um, I'm here on behalf of the director of housing, I can come in. Nine times out of ten, I I did get in. One or two of the door got slammed in my face. That was probably because um, there was going to be problems if I I went into the house and problems would probably come towards me. But the, the, the ethos was because it was as though the director of housing was there that I had authority to enter. Because it was a council property. When we pray in the name of Jesus, it's as though Jesus is there. We have the rights, authority to bring the kingdom of God in those situations. Um, those that have got shredded or shredules, those that have uh, uh, get their diary that's been ripped up, those that are in those those kind of moments of standing up and stepping out for Jesus, there's opportunity, offer opportunity for both repentance and refreshing. Now, th- there are two things that don't normally go together, did not it? We have very con- different concepts That repenting, this, this getting right with God, this, um, the word repent means to turn 180 degrees and kind of walk in the opposite direction, the idea of saying sorry to God for what you've done wrong, leaving to the foot of the cross and then walking away but also refreshing the dry and thirsty land being refreshed if having that long drink when you've been working hard or, or working out hard and, and and you're just absolutely you know you're, you're you're drenched and soaked and saturated and sweat and you just have that refreshing drink and all of a sudden vigor comes back Peter says to this crowd you need to repent that you would know times of refreshing you need to get right with God in order to know his goodness and his blessing in your life. And at first you think, well, they're two very different ends of the uh, the, the spectrum. But actually, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, the famous Bible verses from the dedication of the temple, where, where it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. This place of repenting and refreshing of knowing healing and knowing breakthrough, of knowing forgiveness of knowing the goodness of God in their land. The river from the temple in Ezekiel 47, it flows from underneath the temple as the, the nations, the glory of God returned to the, to the temple, the place of worship. Um, and, and the people are getting right with God. And all of a sudden this river flows through it and it's a river that expands in its depth and its width. And um, Ezekiel can eventually, it's a river deep enough to swim in, but there's banks, this prophetic picture he has. There's river banks and there's trees on each of the bank. And those, those trees, the, the leaves of those trees are for healing for the nation it says it also yields fruit on a monthly basis it's not as a once or twice a year it's a monthly basis basis because of refreshing this fruitfulness that comes from being the place of the presence of God Holy Spirit would bring refreshing for the individual believer see Jesus said in, in John chapter 7 verses 37 to 39 he stood up in the last day of the festival and he says you know out of, the, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water anybody who's thirsty come to me and drink The last thing I want to leave with you today of this, those people whose schedules have been shredded, who are willing to let God do whatever he wants through and in their life is to be expectant for the return of Jesus. We live in days of great challenge and days of great opportunity. We live in days where there's a heightened tension that hasn't been seen for many, many decades. With lots of things going on, whether it be war in Ukraine, whether it be natural disasters or change in um, whatever in, in, in the world, whether it be financial um, insecurity, whether it be just what's going on in our own country with political instability and all those things that's going on right now. But there is a constant there is something to, for us to look forward to. A day beyond today, a moment before beyond the moment, it is the return of Jesus and spending forever with him. It takes us back to disciples being on the hillside, having received the promise from Jesus just before he ascended into heaven. The promise was to be filled and to be baptized with the Holy Spirit in order we'd receive power from when, from when the Holy Spirit came on you. And you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the very ends of the earth. And then verse 11, the men who who would be there, the angelic beings who would be there said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus will come back the same way you've seen him go into heaven. We've got an invitation, church, to be spirit-filled people. People on mission, people with a mission to live and to give away what King Jesus has given them. I wonder who this week might you come across. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for another inspirational message. If you're in the East Lothian area, visit us online at haddingtonelamchurch.com for information about how you can join us for our weekly Sunday services.